Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara. California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, we're going to be looking in 1 Corinthians, and this will be our second study in chapter number 6, and I'm excited as we spend some time around the Bible together. You know, there's a lot of things you can tune into, a lot of things you can read, a lot of things you can watch, a lot of things you can take in as far as information goes, but none of that will do for you what a little bit of Bible will do for you every single day. You and I need to make it a habit every day. Spend time in our Bible. You won't have a strong walk with God if you don't have a walk in the Scripture. You say, I wish I knew what God thought about whatever it is. Well, you can find out God's uh, thought on whatever it is by reading his Bible. What's truth? The Word of God is truth. And I'm glad the truth of God endures to every generation. His Word is everlasting, and we have this power-packed book, the Bible, at our fingertips. We can read it, study it, memorize it, we can hold it. I, in fact, when I was uh, getting on the radio today to record on the station, was playing this blessed old book that I hold in my hand. It's truth from beginning to end, a solid foundation on which I firmly stand. Sin kept me from it, but now it'll keep me from sin. And you and I need to be in our Bible. If you've missed any of these previous Bible studies, we've gone through all these different books of the Bible and these previous five chapters of Corinthians. If you've missed those studies, you'll find them via the podcast. Our podcast is available on every platform that provides podcasts, Spotify and iTunes and others. You can download it. Just type in Striving for Revival and then subscribe. It's all free, and you'll have access to listen to all these Bible studies that are archived and ready for you on the podcast. The good thing about the podcast is you can uh, you can rewind, fast forward, uh, re-listen, and that way if you're studying along with me, it'll maybe help you as you go back and rehear the thoughts and take your notes, and it'll be a blessing. You can listen whenever you're able to in case you miss us live on your radio station. Now, Paul has been dealing with sin in the church at Corinth, and I don't want to cast too dark of a shadow upon this church, but that's what the church is known for. Sadly, it's not known for its soul winning or its stand. It's known for the sin that was in the church. It's carnal. And Paul calls this church carnal. Four different times in chapter 3, he'll say it, carnal, 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 carnal. He'll just call them carnal. And you'll see that evidenced in their division. In the opening chapter, Paul has to address their personality problem. They had a problem with dividing over their personal preference in preachers. Some would say, I follow Paul. Some would say, I follow Apollos and some Peter. And because of that, they were divided and there was division in the church. There was a schism in the body. And Paul has to address that. If a church is going to have any power and do a work for God, it must be unified. You can't have a bunch of little cliques and little crowds and little gangs in the church. I worry about that when you see folks off in the corner kind of huddled up together and doesn't, they don't branch out. They don't fellowship just their little four no more inside the church house. You better watch that crowd, and you don't want divisions like that. Everybody ought to get along with everybody. You ought to fellowship with everybody. You ought to serve alongside everybody. Paul has to deal with it. In the chapter we just got through, chapter 5, Paul has to deal with immorality. 
There was uh, some sin involved uh, in, in, in the church. It was ongoing, and the one committing it called himself a Christian, yet he was not repentant. He did not get it right. And the problem was the church in Corinth wasn't dealing with it. They were letting that sin stand. They were letting that sinner stay. They were letting that man who was not right with God continue in the church and continue in his sin. They wouldn't deal with it. Now, you and I need to take note from that. If we want revival and the power of God and his blessing, we don't want Ichabod written across the threshold of our church. We better deal with sin and deal with it scripturally and in a hurry. You've got to get it right. You've got to get it out. A little leaven, Paul told us, leaveneth the whole lump. Then we uh, transitioned into chapter 6. Chapter 6, Paul is yet again dealing with a problem in the church. Now he's dealing with the issue of suing one another or taking a matter between Christians in the church outside of the church to uh, a secular judge. And I stressed it last broadcast, you ought to. There are some situations that must be taken to the legal authorities, and they must be taken that way in a hurry. And you have to do that, and you should do that. But when there are petty quarrels, well, I mean, I don't even know what what it would be. I mean, something silly uh, going on in the church. You should not be taking that to Judge Judy, amen, out there in the world, and broadcasting that and letting some lost, secular, humanistic, atheistic individual pass judgment because you're tarnishing the name of Christ in the process. The best thing to do would be spiritual big boys and big girls and settle it like the Bible tells us to. Now, in verse 2, Paul's still hitting on that thought, and he makes the, uh, the, uh, the point by saying, Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? He's saying, why in the world would you go to the world for them to pass judgment and offer you justice? That's a place of injustice. That's a place of corruption. And you're going to them for a ruling on whatever the matter is? He said, don't you understand that the saints say people are going to judge the world? Now, in the context, I believe he's probably talking about, uh, maybe even during the Millennial Kingdom, how we'll rule and reign with Christ. But either way, he's saying, hey, listen, you're thinking that the unspiritual world is going to pass fair judgment on you who are spiritual? This world is at enmity with God. It hates God. It is anti-God. It hates your Bible. It hates your lifestyle of righteousness. You're going to go out into the world with your issue? Are you crazy? That's a shame, is it not? Maybe you know situations like that. Maybe you can think of a time when something like that took place where folks who go to church together had some kind of disagreement, some kind of issue, whatever it was, and because of a hot head or a short temper or just the fact that they're not very spiritual, they run out there and broadcast all over Facebook, get it out there in the world, and maybe even worse, they take it to a judge and sue one another. That is just pathetic. That is silly. I ought not be named among the church. That's why Paul began the chapter with the word dare. He said, dare any of you? He said, what in the world are you thinking? It's not thinkable. It's unthinkable. Dare any of you? How could you do it? You're going to judge the world, and now you're going to let the world try to judge the situation? He said, in the last part of that verse, he said, if the world be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? He's saying, if the Lord, uh, I mean, is going to let you rule and reign with him in the millennial kingdom to an extent, can you not take care of parking uh, problem differences or somebody setting my pew differences or these little petty quarrels that you get in? Can't you go ahead and get some discernment and pass judgment on it without going out to the world? Verse 3, know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this 
life. So Paul is dealing with these cantankerous, that's a good word, isn't it, brethren who are trying to go to court. I mean, they're passing uh, 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 you know, judgment on one another, but letting the judge, they're taking a, a litigious approach. And the apostle is now giving them insight into the role of God's people. He's trying to let them know, hey, listen, you're a Christian, you're saved. Think about your role as a child of God. When Jesus returns, Christ will sit as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He'll judge over all the human court system, if you will. He said, but even then, you and I as saints will have some kind of a duty here or there. And we're going to judge angels. That's an interesting thought. Think about it. I mean, he's referring to the fact that we're going to judge no doubt these fallen angels at some point. And so Paul is saying, you've been given some responsibility and some authority later on down the road. You're going to be a judge. Can you not take care of these temporal matters right now? Can you not? Here's what you ought to think about. You say, well, that person did me wrong. All right. What's the benefit? What is the benefit from you making a big mess out of it? How does it help? How does it help? You say, well, it helps me. How does it help the cause of Christ? Spiritual maturity is thinking big picture. Spiritual immaturity is thinking about yourself. Immaturity is me. Maturity is others. And there are some things that you might could do that are legal, but they're not right. You say, what do you mean? I mean, it's not going to advance the cause of Christ. In fact, it might even keep some people from ever being saved. It's going to kill maybe the testimony of a church. And again, I'm not saying covering up any kind of crime. you got to report. I understand all that. I'm talking about these little petty problems that you broadcast it out to the world. It is pitiful. I've seen folks use Facebook as a clothesline for dirty laundry. That isn't what it's for, neighbor. And if you can't, uh, if you can't treat it right, if you can't use it right, then get off of that thing. But Paul says, be careful about taking these matters to a secular, lost source of justice. He said, you're going to have that ability to judge. He said, can you not pass judgment on these things even now? That's our thought for today. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.